Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns, and I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week is no different. We're really excited to be able to introduce you and share her story with you. We have the amazingly talented, knowledgeable, insightful, passionate M. Sauter. You may know her as Pints and Panels. You can follow along with her story, her illustrations, her creativity, her beer knowledge, her passion, pintsandpanels.com, and then Pints and Panels on Instagram. I really enjoyed this episode this week because it was... uh, different for us and I mean that in a great way because M is extremely knowledgeable and passionate but not in a way that makes you feel that you're being spoken down to her love and appreciation for beer and the complexity of it both in the literal of it and just what goes into it and it's it's history she is not only a fan and supporter of it but uh, a connoisseur and just a all-around good person who we're really just excited to that she agreed to to be a part of the project. I, you know, from the beginning, when we started doing this, the idea was to do something that we were passionate about, to do something creative, and try to have a unique spin, you know, in this uh, world of beer. And we don't talk about beer too much. This is probably one of the most uh, fruitful and insightful episodes about beer. And you can just hear the knowledge and passion in her storytelling. You know, she gives lectures, she gives speeches. She's really, uh, she gives back and is active in the community and you know, uses her work to, you know, uh, help with local charities and people in the, in the restaurant industry who are being impacted by uh, COVID-19. And it just really kind of uh, is a really just great flow. I literally, you know, was one of the... Um, few times I can count where I probably could have just let her talk for the entire time and just, you know, and and still would not have been uh, impacted. You know, I was really kind of the the student here and I could just see how she would be a great teacher and, you know, is a great teacher with her library talks. And you see, you know, her master Cicerone, which she's studying for, which is one of the most difficult, you know, exams, you know, Definitely in food and beer and, you know, and, and beverages and what have you. But just really, it was just really exciting to be able to, uh, you know, to, to speak with her and her, her, her humility. And again, I said, you know, a few times already, her passion for beer was, uh, was definitely felt. And uh, cool little side note, we got to quote unquote meet. Uh, she works part time at Fox Farm Brewery in, in Salem, Connecticut, which is one of the, you know, Connecticut's finest beers. Uh, and breweries, uh, and it was nice, you know, just did a little curbside pickup after our, our interview and got to, you know, meet through the, through the, the front window of my car and just to, to say hello and catch up. And, uh, I look forward to being able to do that and, uh, toast a pint and just kind of, uh, enjoy, but, uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for where we are. You know, we're going through unique times still here in the U S uh, you know, States are opening back up. They're going through different phases and periods. There's definitely differing uh, opinions on that. But, you know, if you're listening to this, I hope that, you know, this podcast and what we're doing 
gives you, you know, an escape, gives you some level of enjoyment, allows you to learn something new and appreciate, you know, what you have and what we have and that we're all here together, you know, and uh, as we said before, and we'll, you know, we'll say it again, May is Mental Health Awareness Month and we are here for you, you know, please do not hesitate to reach out if there's anything that we can do, you know, put you in touch with someone. It can be scary. It can be overwhelming to be, you know, alone for, you know, extended periods of time, much longer than maybe ever in your life. And um, you're not alone. We care. We care about you. And there's, you know, many others out there who are here for you. So please, um, if that's what you're feeling, you can reach out to me. My name is AJ Kierens. You can reach out AJ at 16ozcanvas.com or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all 16ozcanvas. And, um, yeah, we do, we do appreciate that. And we do appreciate you. Um, one other piece, we're really excited to announce one of our first sponsors ever. Uh, it is culture clash records in Toledo, Ohio. I'm, uh, over the years we've become friends with Tim Friedman, their owner. He's just a salt of the earth human being. Culture clash is Toledo, Ohio's best independent record store and a shop that recognizes the value of art in many of its mediums. Stuffed with a curated selection of new and pre-spun vinyl, Culture Clash also packs in live bands regularly and spotlights local artists on their t-shirts, pint glasses, mugs, pins, and even live at Culture Clash vinyl. The owner of his shop and his wife will tend to pick out IPAs based on label design before throwing a record on the turntable. They ship records and merch from Toledo every day and are offering a 15% off discount for all of our listeners from their merch shop, just use the discount code 16OZ at checkout. Head on over to cultureclashrecords.com, check out their new merch section, and get 15% off when you use the discount code, once again, 16OZ Canvas, right now, or with a beer. So we're really excited, and uh, we look forward to doing more with uh, Tim and the crew over there. They're doing some really great stuff. They have a really deep uh, collection of music, and just, uh, like I said, they're all-around good people, so... From one good person to another, we thank you for listening. This is episode 151, M. Sauter, Pints and Panels, right here on the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have us today, checking in from New Britain, Connecticut, another Connecticut local, M. Sauter. Pints and Panels, you can find out her information. Pints and Panels across all platforms, which we love and celebrate. Pintsandpanels.com, Pints and Panels on Instagram, uh, Pints and Panels, I think, on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. So Pints and Panels all day, every day. So thanks so much for joining us, Em. Yeah, thanks for having me. So for folks at home who aren't aware of what uh, Em does, it's a really unique uh, and creative way to share information, celebrate beer, kind of uh, uh, share her journey throughout the, the process. And it's just, um, it's a real fun and creative way to experience and really learn. You know, uh, people are audio, visual, di- different ways of learning as I learned, you know, from my wife uh, teaching. And so this is a great way. It's really insightful for me and, and it's really uh yeah, it's just a really uh, one of the most unique things I think, just in, in beer, just period. So, just wanted to you know publicly thank you for that. Thanks, well, thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah, that I'm here to I'm here to help. 
that's my, you know, it's weird for beer to be like, I'm here to help, but you know, there's a lot to know about beer and Pines and Panels is here to kind of break it all down. That's the, like, that's the, the key takeaway from what that I'm trying to do on my website. Yeah, it's great. So, and then, and yeah, new content, like I think daily, right? And so Mondays, it's, uh, if I'm, if my memory serves me, I know it's, it's beer style. Tuesdays are just uh, beers I'm glad exist. Wednesday is kind of like ABC Guide to Beer, which is one of my favorites. Um, Thursday, uh, the Visual Masters Cicerone Syllabus, which is a tongue twister. And I think that's been probably a little, you know, therapeutic for you as you continue to study for what I hear is a, uh, one of the hardest uh, exams uh, out there. And so, and then Friday is Hop Variety Simple, which is another great one because I think people don't realize, you know, just the, the variety and depth of, of hops and information out there. So you got your hands full. Yeah. And there's a lot of things I still want to do. I want to do malt, um, the visual master sister, and I'm on, where am I? I'm on, I've just drawn the 50th comic of the series. And I'm only on page 12 of 32 of the Master Cicerone syllabus. Oh, wow. Uh, so there's a lot to work on. And right now it's, I'm actually flying through it a little because there's a lot of stuff that breaks down how to – right now I'm, I'm working on how to like set up a jockey box or like a coil system for temporary draft systems. Um, and then Cascale, and then once it starts going into beer styles, um, you know, each page probably is 40 comics that need to be drawn. So it's a lot of work, but it is a lot of fun to do because I learn something new every day when I work on these. Um, And it's also a really nice way to step away from doing the normal studying stuff, the reading, the essay writing, um, and that stuff. So it's a lot of, it's a new way to approach studying because I have taken the master um, Cicerone exam twice before and I haven't passed. So I'm looking for new ways to kind of train the brain as it were to figure out how I can pass it now that I've taken it twice before. And maybe if I can illustrate it and kind of simplify what they're asking, but also be able to explain on the essays and orals in the way that they're looking for, maybe I have a shot. So the exam is supposed to be this October. I am unsure that it will happen due to, you know, Mm -hmm. everything. Um, But I'm going to keep working as hard as I can. I mean, I'm a little distracted, obviously. The world is distracted. Uh, But I'm trying the best I can. Working on these comics has been a real nice change of pace um, from what I usually you know, draw. I Pines and Panels started ten years ago. Actually, my and the tenth anniversary is this coming Tuesday, um, and it used to review beer. So I would get like I would have a beer, and I would be like, "Oh, this is nice. I really like this." And I would draw a picture of the bottle, and I would talk about why I liked it. And in the beginning, I gave a star system, and I would review beer poorly, and that ended uh, poorly because a, a unnamed brewery that's in Connecticut, the owner came up to me and gave me a very hard time about it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> you can probably guess. I probably have a short list of guesses. We'll take it offline, but that's fine. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. That beer was really, it's a, their, their brown ale's just not good. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and I stand by it. Their beer still is not good. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm not, there's, there's no reason to, you can edit this out. It was Charter Oak, by the way. 
no, no, the owner fine. and I had a little art. We had an argument. <laughs> no, that was like, um, yeah, I mean, um, and I, I know they don't listen because we had the artist who did uh, Jay who did the tree and the whatever stuff. And then I was like, oh, all this new launch they're doing. Are you support, you know, are you whatever? And Jay, he was like, oh, no, they that was it like they want he's basically kind of like they wouldn't even i made it so they wouldn't return his phone call like it was just kind of like so it was just kind of fitting like there I, I, I had a short list of people so uh we can talk later if we yeah. it out but i, I probably won't because i'm let's be real let's get keep it real but but no I, I yeah and i think that like what you're what you're like i said what you're doing is is, is great and it's and it comes from a, a really place of being positive and i, I don't know I, I really believe that like reviews as long as they're not malice like that's imp- they're important and in my day to day, I'm in sales, and if somebody like if I love people who turn me down just as much as the people who say yes, because then I can like learn from that experience and know what I need to do better, right? You don't just like take my ball and go home type stuff, you know? Yeah, the thing was though, when I started reviewing beers, this was ten years ago. So I was in, I went to the Center for Cartoon Studies in Vermont. I have an MFA in cartooning, um, and that's where I started it. I was in Vermont, so I was, you know going to Hill Farm, we would drive to Hill Farmstead, which was still like an hour and a half, even though we lived in White River Junction. And like, we, you would think that it would be closer. It's similar to Connecticut, where like, you can't get there from here, you had to go up and over. Um, And we went, we would like, we would go and drink their beers. We had The Alchemist. uh, And we had, you know, Von Von Trapp had just started brewing. Uh, This was before like their huge expansion and their Mm -hmm. new brewery. Uh, so it was really great to live in Vermont just as the start of the craft beer industry was really picking up. And so I reviewed beer, but I would also didn't really know what I was talking about. Like I am fully like I can go back and look at reviews where I, you know, that can was old, but I didn't know any better. And so that's the thing where I was upset at myself when I started reviewing beer, where it's like, no, I need to learn if, if I'm going to tell people what they need to drink. I need to really learn about beer as a liquid mm-hmm. and be educated before I'm like, Oh, that's just a bad brewery because that's, that's not fair. I, I you know, I don't think that's very fair. So, you know, then things can happen between going to the brewery and buying it at a package store or, you know, things happen. I mean, beer gets old and you don't know it, or it sits in a hot truck or it, you know, I mean, breweries that are usually consistent can put out bad batches. It happens. So, when I would review, so I started to change and I started reviewing beer, only beers that I liked because there's so much beer out there. Like, why would I concentrate on the stuff that sucked? Like you can make up your own mind if it sucks or not. I'm not going to drink it. I'm not going to tell you what to drink. Um, we're a big Miller Lite household uh, and high life household. Like I like macro beers, I think are phenomenal, consistent, wonderful products, uh, which could, you know, make me, uh, a little, you know, that can upset people, but I really respect the consistency and almost beer like engineering that goes into those beers. Like it's mm-hmm. not craft brewing; it's on a different level. But I'm not going to tell someone what to drink. And if they're like, "Well, I only drink," you know, Bud Light, I'm like, "Cool, that's fine. Um, get out of your comfort zone once in a while and try something else." Because mm-hmm. that's that's really what drinking is all about. It's like getting out of your comfort zone trying new beers and there's stuff I've had that's really surprised me. And that was the best thing about reviewing beers was like celebration, uh, not, you know, putting people down. And then 
a year or so ago, I realized that like, okay, I've reviewed beer for nine years. This is fine, but I want to do something else. And I started like drawing just like styles kind of as like a help for studying, but also just, you know, doodling around and I would put them online and people really took to them. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is, I've always tried to look for pints and panels like place mm-hmm. in the industry. And I think that visual beer education is something that doesn't exist. And that's what, like, I forget who told me. And I was like, where do I belong? And I think whoever, t- they were like, you know, maybe what you're trying to do doesn't exist yet. And that was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like, holy crap. Like, I got to figure, I have to create something. And so that's how Pints and Panels kind of leaned more towards visual beer education. And we do do new content every day. It was weekdays, but since I'm studying for the master, I really want to put more of that content out. And with everyone being at home nowadays, uh, there's new content every day. And it's been so much fun to draw and learn. And like the hops was the, the hop variety simple was really interesting to draw because there are over a hundred hop varieties. And a lot of them are very, very different. And certain ones have really interesting and unique flavors of like lemongrass. And, you know, you don't think, you think, a lot of people think in terms of geography. So like Oregon, grapefruit pine, done. But that's not, the, that's, that's totally not the same as it is now, um, as it used to be. There's so many, you know, mosaic and like blueberry, you know, there's all these like, El Dorado has like that heavy watermelon flavor. I mean, there's, so much stuff that goes into hops when you, and then like when you use them and, you know, gives different flavors and bitterness. I mean, it's just, it's so beer kind of reminds me of like music where there are X amount of notes, but you can manipulate them and create millions of different songs and billions of different songs. And beer is kind of the same way where like there are four ingredients essentially, but you can kind of manipulate them in a way that makes hundreds of different beer styles. And it's just it's really fa- I'm I'm very passionate about that. Yeah, I want no, I, people to realize that there's I, so much like there's so much that these four things can do. Yeah, that's what I I love, and even just what you're saying, like going back to the macro and the Miller lights, like I think that, that that the approach I always kind of take with that is people are like, oh, I don't like craft beer, I only like this or I like that, and with my limited knowledge, I'll say, okay, so you like this style of beer? Let's try this, and then it's like, oh wow, okay, that has a different, you know that has a different, you know, they notice different, you know, flavors or, you know, how it tastes or feels, you know, in their mouth, like, and it's like, okay, and that, in that evolution, but the idea, like, you're, you kind of piggyback off that, like, if you tell somebody that, go oh, they're wrong or come off it in the negative, like, like, yeah. you're better than them, then it just, it, it ruins it completely for them, but, but if you can, like, turn them on, yeah. yeah, I always say, like, if you can give me, if you can tell me, like, three or four things you really like to drink without, like, wine or even certain cocktails, like, I, I mean, I don't have that. My, my, I don't have a sophisticated palate or anything like that. But I, I at least can kind of get you a little closer to you know something that might you might not ever think was was beer or you know or just as a better version of what you do like already. And it's fun. Yeah, my mom it's loves, fun. Yeah, my mom loves Stella. She's like, a, that's her beer. She loves Stella, and that's fine. Michelob Ultra, and I'm like, that's fine. Um, and then I work part time at Fox Farm Brewery in Salem, Connecticut. And we make a lot of lagers. And I gave her our uh, Foon, which is a Franconian Keller beer. And it is now her favorite beer. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> my dad. My dad yells at me. Like, yeah. yeah. 
like drinking Franconian Keller beer. And like my mom's uh. like, oh, it's just Stella. And I'm like, you know, we make lagers too. And I gave us, I was like, here's our Hellas. And she's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. And then she had the food and was like sold. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you can kind of like, there's a real lager resurgence right now, which I mean, we've wanted that. To, everyone's wanted that to happen for years and years. Uh, but a lot of breweries are now making like American lagers or like night shift makes nightlight. Uh, which just tastes like, to me, it tastes like just like Bud Light. Like they nailed it. And it's so good. And it's priced like a macro. So like, I think a four pack's eight bucks or seven bucks. Crazy. Dirt cheap. Um, And it's so good. (laughs) Like it's a really well done American light lager. And so if you want that, you know, style of beer, and there's definitely a place for that style of beer, like you can kind of find it. And that's the thing about, the beer industry right now is that it caters to everyone. Like beer literally is for everyone, you know, not children, but like, you know, adults and all that stuff. So it's just a really like you can, when people are, Oh, I don't want that. Like, okay, that's fine. But I can get you out of your comfort zone and find you that beer that you're already drinking that a local brewery makes. And you're going to like it. I promise. And usually I'm pretty like at Fox farm, I've struck out a couple of times with people being like, I just don't like beer. You know, they get dragged by, you know, like their family members or whatever. Um, but you can usually like find something that they, that they'll at least drink and really like. So, cause we do sours as well. That's a great for like, you were saying cocktails and wine. Um, sours are a great way to like jump. You know, it's a little advanced, but you know, people don't know that beer can, I mean, beer, t- beer can taste like chocolate. That's why I give a lot of library talks. And people are like interested about beer. And I was like, there's literally beer that tastes like chocolate. Like, and you're going to tell me you don't like beer. (laughs) Yeah. That was my wife. My wife would say, Um, my wife would say the IPAs tasted like soap to her, which I I don't. And so, but she loves a good sour and a huge barrel aged beers. You know, she likes the, she likes bourbon. So the, you know, the bourbon characters and coffee and chocolate, She's all about it. Like, yeah, if, if I, if, but I give her like a five or six percent stout. She's like, this doesn't seem like it has as much bite as some of the other ones. So, she's a, a big bomb, you know, crushing. Yeah, you know, but that's what they. That's what she wants, and that's what you like, and that's the thing. It's still beer, um, and that's like the best part about beer is that beer has so many different flavors. It's so versatile, um, and that's the best part about teaching about beer is its versatility, uh, or drawing about beer. Um, or getting to draw differently. Like when I do the Beers I'm Glad Exist, I get to draw like fun labels. Um, I'm currently doing uh, commissions for Beers I'm Glad Exist. So for $40, I'll draw you any beer you want. Or like I drew the invitation for the 1985, class of 1985 University of Maine reunion for 40 bucks, which is at not normally as cheap as I'll go for, I usually charge more for my commissions, but I wanted to make it, um, you know, really accessible. And then ten, $10 of that goes to direct relief for their COVID-19 efforts. Like I wanted to figure out a way that I could draw and give someone something that they love, but then also give back as well because I'm working, but then I'm also drawing and I'm also studying. And so like, I can't, there's, I can't go out and like, really like how can I help with mm-hmm. what I known for uh and I've done like we've raised uh Titan panels has raised over 250 dollars so far and I've gotten to draw I you name it like 
a lot of growlers. People are like, I like this growler. And I'm like, okay, like I'll draw literally, literally whatever you want. Yeah. Drawing the U of O or the U of O, Jesus, U of Maine bear drinking a local IPA that's made in Orono where the university of Maine is. And the guy was like, I love it. Great bear. And I was like, okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the fun thing about like why people love these different beers and there's, it's either design or it's nostalgia or it's, you know, and you know, Oh, I had this beer when I went on a trip to Belgium and I really loved it. Um, or, you know, it's the beer I had on my first date with my wife or there's just like beer has a lot of nostalgia and a lot of like memory tied to it. And the like drawing labels and whatnot has been really, really fun. So I've been enjoying doing that part of my commission. It's actually like a big part of my day now is draw my next, I have to draw a Trogues Troganator for a guy in Boston. Yeah. Which is a great beer. So I was excited about that. It's always, it's been fun to see like what people want. And like a lot of it is like either super local uh, stuff to the, you know, uh, trying to think of like uh, Cezanne DuPont, the Christmas, their Christmas version, which uh, the name escapes me at the moment. I drew that um, to pretty much their like local, you know, oh, this is my local brewery and I really like this glass. We draw it and then I want this beer in it. And I'm like, sure, just send me the picture of what you want and I'll draw it for you. So that's been a lot of fun. And then also raising, you know, money to like help out just trying to do you know, a little bit of what I can because, you know, we're at home. My um, husband used to work in the restaurant industry. So obviously he is out of work at the moment. Um, so we're just hanging out. Although our yard looks phenomenal. He's done a very <laughs> good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we have the nicest yard on the, you know, on the nicest yard on the block right now. Well, that's great. But, yeah, but it's been fun to draw like different labels. That's the that's the main point of it. So, so it's been a really fun thing to do. So early, happy tenth anniversary. Maybe we might move this up. Maybe we'll try to coincide it next week with the anniversary. Uh, we could probably do that. But um, and if this is when this drops, if it wasn't the anniversary, happy belated or happy post. But um, so ten years, which is amazing. How did you kind of, were you, when you were younger, were you always drawing? Was it something that you just enjoyed and never thought kind of as like a way to, as like your gig? How did you kind of decide to kind of go in for it? Like when you went to cartoon school and, you know, and, and the like. So I always doodled. Like I have a very clear memory of the first person I ever drew. I was four. Um, I was painting in nursery school and uh it was like a head it was a circle and a square and then like arms and like little stick legs and i it was uh, i named it peter at the bus stop and i was very like that was 1987 and i was very very proud <laughs> of the fact that like i remember in my head being like i just drew a human and i really and like there was something about it that was very satisfying uh peter was my invisible friend if that's that's why it was peter um yeah you know your imaginary friend that you talk to at night on a plastic phone uh you know normal kid stuff uh pretty, um, i think it's pretty normal i mean i don't know that that didn't really like yeah shock me i was like oh cool yeah that's cool i was just thinking like yeah it's my invisible it's named after peter venkman from the ghost the ghostbusters because oh. i was like obsessed with the ghostbusters when i was a kid that's a good <laughs> obsession to have yeah i have, I have a good friend of mine yeah who's, yeah yeah who's, uh, 
he's almost 40 and he's in New Zealand and he's pretty obsessed with Bill Murray. So like, it's pretty, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. and he's, that still hasn't gone away. Yeah. 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 That was like, I was, I we watched the cartoon show when I get home from school or like they had, like it was, I don't know. Anyway. So it was pretty good. The cartoon was pretty googled. good. It was a pretty good cartoon. Yeah. The, that came out, that came out in like 88. I remember when that came out, that it was based off the, that came out when I was in the kindergarten and I remember it came out right when I, I could walk. I lived across the street from the elementary school and I could walk home. And by the time I got home or my mom would pick me up and walk me home, we would uh, I would be able to watch it. And I was just like that was I was just really into the Ghostbusters, even though like I don't even think I saw the movie because obviously you wouldn't show the Ghostbusters like the movie to that four year old. Well, we tried that so with really Gremlins. Know. We tried that with Gremlins, by the way. And. It was oh, like, a, a it was idea. not a good idea. It was, we got through about <laughs> 10 minutes of that. Like all in my head was, I was thinking of the, like the, the justification was, little, yeah. was Gizmo in like the Barbie, like sports car. That doesn't happen for like way mm-hmm. late in the movie. And so. No, it's terrifying. Yeah, my kids were screaming. Stuff, like, in the 80s. And I was like, oh, this is. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of, a lot of 80s stuff that like in retrospect is like really messed up. And yeah. you're like, what? Like E.T. Terrifying. I used did to not love, like ET. I loved ET. I got to do I don't like, like no. at Universal Studios. They like pick kids out of the crowd, and they picked my little sister because she was way cuter. But she was terrified, and like I got to do like drive the bike and like be on a green screen in front. Yeah, of, like, yeah, yeah. It was super cool. But yeah, so ET was always good. But no, um, correct. Yeah, no, terrifying. But That's, like yeah. I was like super sensitive about that. But <laughs> so I wouldn't have watched. I, there was like a usa cartoon express like on the usa network it had a ghostbusters but it wasn't the new ghost but i don't know anyway maybe like i mean i mean i think i think i'm older than you but i mean like i remember like they had a high c flavor and that was like basically sugar green sugar in a box ecto cooler it was amazing yeah Yeah. ecto cooler yeah it was amazing do you remember five alive Yes, I do. In the blue, like, carton. Mm. Yeah, okay, all right, because we're like, the same edge. Cool. Um, and there's weird, like, barrels, like, the work. barrels I... of, like, juice water. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> with, like, but the they were, you know, like, 10 for a dollar. Right, and it was, it was like, not... n- no natural color to it, like, no yeah, berry no. or anything would like, be used like, to make it. Yeah. That stuff would glow in the dark. <laughs> like, yeah. You turn the light. <laughs> It was like before oh, you, it was, it was before was, the like, uh, glow, put your glow stick in the bottle of water in college blacklight phase. It was like an early predecessor to that, I felt like. It, and those barrels, like, were never, like, they were so sugary that they weren't refreshing. Oh, no. Like, when it was over, you were like, why did I drink that? Like, I'm not refreshed. I don't think <laughs> I, I knew what ref- like, yeah, I don't think I knew what refresh was. Yeah, it, yeah then, exactly. No, oh, it was, those were, oh. I don't, yeah. Um, we could talk about like 80s and early 90s stuff, I bet, for mm-hmm. an obscenely long time. Yeah, but, Saturday uh, morning cartoons. Again, anyway, kids, if you're listening to this and you didn't yeah, like so Saturday he, morning, that was it. Like cartoons, and they would play them once, <laughs> yeah. and you couldn't pause anything, and you would glue your eyes no. to the TV. And your parents, my, think, as a parent, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like that must have been amazing to know for like three plus hours. The kids weren't going to cause any problems. Like my kids pause stuff. They run around the house. They go outside and they come back. And then I'm watching these crappy programs. And it's like, oh. I have, yeah. I have a memory of like watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then like it was preempted by like a special report. And then like President Reagan came on. And I was like, who's this? Who's this Claude? Like ruining like my Saturday morning cartoons. And I was pissed. 
and I don't remember like what was like newsworthy. I think it was something with the Soviet, like, cause that's how old I am. And it was just like, I was so mad. And my mom was like, you know, that happens sometimes. And I'm like, but I'm missing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cause that was my favorite. And I was really crabby about it. And cause like, you can't pause it. You can't like watch anything on demand. Like that's just, you know, kids these days and they're, <laughs> Kids these days. There you go. You just they, don't, they don't even know how they, they got You just dated yourself. Yeah, Good. Kids these days don't even, they don't yeah, even understand they don't me. How they have it. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. You and don't again, even know. They don't even know. Oh, no. They were complaining about their devices. And I was like, oh, your device is. Like, you have a laptop yeah. that you can use. You have an iPad. And then we bought you. Then you have a Fire. Like, a Amazon. Like, you have multiple devices. And then you can pull my phone out of my pocket and bother me with that. Like, do you understand? Like, I would download one song and... A half a day and be happy in take college like, yeah i was gonna say take like eight hours yeah yeah so um that's the okay, anyway, old so, part of the podcast yeah so yeah, you the old part. you drew a bear and you like the ghostbusters all right yeah so yeah so i would draw and then when i was 11 i went to summer camp and i got introduced to archie comics mm-hmm and I thought I thought that was like the coolest. And so I'd always like doodle, but so my basic style is me trying to emulate Archie Comics, but poorly. Um, and I remember being in Mr. Estabrook's sixth period study hall in sixth grade at Middlesex Middle School. And I remember drawing basically looks like what I draw now based off of Betty from the Archie comics and I was like oh that looks pretty good like I'm gonna like I was like I'm on to something here and I remember in my head being like that looks pretty good and just like kind of going with it and so I would doodle and like that's pretty much my entire like drawing career in college I had a comic that on the back of the uh, there is the like alt newspaper Uh, I went to Bard College in the Hudson Valley in New York and I would draw about like college life where like, you know, like the president's up to no good. And he's a real, like, he's a real crusty old man. Um, you know, like that kind of like college hygiene stuff. Um, and then, but I never thought it was going to be like a thing. Like I, I can't draw most things. I mean, that's, I'm not a great artist to be, I'm just, you know, to be fair, like it's, I can kind of draw, but I'm not, you know, classically, you know, I'm at, graduate school the joke was that I got in by accident <laughs> well it's like the first day of I so I I lived in Boston and then I, I worked in finance and I was just like this cubicle life's not for me um so I'm gonna go to so I applied for the Center for Cartoon Studies in Vermont I got in which I was shocked uh I went there and the dean there's like two like founders this woman, Michelle Ollie, comes up to me and she's one of the co-founders and she's like, oh my gosh, I loved our phone conversation that we had. You're, I'm so looking forward to like what you can bring to the table. And she turned around and I like leaned to someone. I was like, I've never talked to that woman. Like that, that didn't happen. And so the joke was because my classmates were much better cartoonists than I was, the joke was that they let in me by accident. And they like didn't let someone in that should have gotten in. Right, there's like an Emily uh, or saw like a different spelling. Yeah, like and saw like, that's at home, like well, I don't. Yeah, we I spoke to her. Yeah. we really hit it off, and she didn't let me. I didn't and hear they, back from her. Yeah, so but they let me in, um, and I can't draw like a couch. So the joke was that was like the joke from my class because there was 24 of us in my class, and like some of them had like drawn for the New York Times, and um, you know were 
were we were all like vastly different levels of cartooning. Um, some of them were like already illustrated. Some of them some of them had gone undergrad to like Savannah College Art and Design or the School for Visual Arts in New York City, which is these like phenomenal um, like illustration and artistic schools or like you know the Rhode Island School of Design in uh, Rhode Island, like these really prestigious schools. And you know I can't draw a couch, so. I, you know, you do what you can. Be cartooning isn't really about like how well you can draw or how well, if you can't write and create a story and back it up with some kind of art, then you can't. Cause I had some, I had some classmates that were phenomenal artists and then they'd write a story and we'd all just kind of like be like, um, what's, what just happened? And then would be like, well, you know, like a, bu- a giant bug came and we were like, wait, what? Like, you, you know, you, if you, you have to do both. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. I, those two years of like school, I mean, it was, it's grueling and there's a lot of work that comes into it, but I wouldn't have traded it for like the world. That was about one of the best years of my life, my going to CCS. I mean, everyone of my classmates is phenomenally talented. We're all doing incredibly different things now. Um, some teach, you know, some like went back to like their hometowns or just doing odd jobs. Some, you know, are, we're working for the New Yorker and when it's like but it's really cool to see how everyone has evolved and like how their comics evolved and how we helped each other and you know my focus was I want to drink all the beer how can I drink all the beer um oh I'll do I'll do a comic about it I was driving around one day like running for like errands or something and I was like oh what would be that would be cool this was between my two years so I had summer off um and so I was like oh what will I what will I do with my summer uh besides work you know oh maybe I'll like review beer in cartoon form and I went back to my boyfriend at the time's apartment and you know I think he was like reading a newspaper or something and I was like hey I want to review beer in cartoon form what would you call it and he's just like doesn't even look up from his book and he goes you should call it pints and panels <laughs> and I was wow. like holy crap that is the best name in the world <laughs> that's so great so that's and that's where Pines and Panels was born, May 19th, 2010, in White River Junction, Vermont, in, like, my boyfriend at the time's apartment. And he was just like, you call it Pines and Panels. So I was like, wow, like, that's a great. And so I went to the beer store. There was a beer store. I actually worked there. It's called the Beverage King. It's my first beer job ever, which was in West Lebanon, New Hampshire, because White River Junction is, like, right on the border with New right. Hampshire. Uh, and it's cheaper to buy everything in New Hampshire. There's no sales tax and they have different beers. So you've got like New Hampshire beers and like Vermont uh, distribution. So I'd go to the beverage King and they had like, you know, I bought my first beer I ever reviewed was eyeing or your vice. Like they're like Dunkelweizen was the first beer. And my review calls it a 25 ounce bottle. It's not, it's a 500 milliliter bottle. Uh, my first panel says I bought this beer because it was cheap. <laughs> because <laughs> it was $3.75 for the bottle. And I think I gave it three stars because, I mean, it's Iringer. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I bought most of my beer was at the Beverage King because the Bev King had the best, sele- you know, we, this is 2010, 2011. So, you know, what are you looking for back then? You're working with like Dogfish Head, Victory. We drank a lot of Golden Monkey, a lot, always too much because that beer will mess you up. Um, Like, I remember the day I was working at the Beverage Kings. I I got a job there for the my second summer before I moved 
and after I graduated, uh, mostly sold cigarettes um, um, and uh, single cans of Budweiser for people to drink on their drive home. That was a big, uh, that was a big thing for Bev King. But we, the day we got Firestone Walker, I remember, you know, it was in 22 ounce, bot, like double jack and 22 ounce bombers. And we kept it on the warm shelf. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe we got Firestone Walker. And my boss was like, uh, cool. And I was like, no, you don't understand, man. Like, this is huge. And he was like, uh, okay, like, cool, whatever. And it was like $5 at 22. Like, it was like most of the people I worked with or like who came to the Bev King came there for cigarettes, but there were some regulars who I actually like, I'm still talking to who would come in and like, we would talk about the Belgian beers we had on the shelf or local, local stuff. We got like Woodstock in pig's ear, like Brown or whatever. I forget. That's what it was called. And there was like, you know, we had a good selection of like what local was, which was not a lot. Um, but it's cool to see the like beginning of like 10 years later now, like I'm sure the Bev King selection is substantial. Um, I know it still exists, but I haven't been back in a while, but like, I can't imagine. You gotta go back and do a, yeah, a panel about that kind of like, a, I know I got time warp thing. All over, I should go. And we are back. You're listening to episode 151 M solder pints and panels, 16 ounce canvas. I just, like I said, I just enjoy listening to her stories, her perspective, you know, the the knowledge of the beer. And if you're not following along, I, I think you're you're doing yourself a you know a disservice. We want to you know take another opportunity to wish you know them a happy day. I mean, it's it's M to wish M uh, you know happy tenth anniversary. I just think it's a great accomplishment. I know how excited we are and and passionate that we're able to be here for for three years. And it's one in, you know, she's doing something truly unique. And not only that, you know, the, the knowledge that's being shared, it's, it's warm, it's fun, it's approachable, it's insightful, you know, in a way it, it's helping her. You know, I know uh, with no pressure, I'm, you know, we're all pulling for you if it, if it does happen in October. Um, I just think that uh, you're one of the, the good folks and just um, happy to, to see that you're able to, you know, kind of share this with us. I think that the ABCs, again, it just really resonates with people, you know, to be able to learn and then, you know, styles and, and beers. And it's just done, you know, it doesn't, you know, beer can have a level, for better or worse, of kind of like a, like a tier or I'm better than you or I know more than you. And that's one of the reasons we don't really talk about it in that regards because we don't feel, you know, even, even talking to him, you know, there were things I was like hesitant to say because I didn't want to be wrong, and that's not because I. She made me feel below her, um, dumb, or you know, not uh, not knowledgeable about the subject matter. I just didn't feel confident in the subject matter, you know, to to riff on some stuff. But it was like I said, it was a great opportunity for me to learn. Uh, you know, I tried to you know learn so that I can share something that I enjoy with others. You know, my takeaway is the art and creativity. You know, you can really flip that over into the brewing, you know, to be able to to use the same ingredients, you know, as she, as she said, like with the music, you know, the same notes to, to make it, you know, a different 
you know, song or, you know, piece. And so it's really, you know, it's really exciting. It's more than just, uh, you know, getting drunk. It's really, you know, appreciative. It's a way to bring people together. It's a good, you know, just kind of a way to, to create a moment. And so I think this is one of those episodes that we just need. And that's why we decided to kick season 14 off with this one. And it sets a really good vibe and tone and message that I think will resonate with people. And if it doesn't, you know, that's cool too. But I think that, you know, this is one of our, you know, this is episode 151. And it's one of our more unique and uh, beer focused episodes. And I think it's, uh, it comes at a, it comes at a great time. And we're really uh, just uh, proud of, you know, the episode. We're proud to, to have and be a part of it. And I think that, um, I think that a lot of cool stuff is going to happen. You know, I think like I said, follow along pints and panels. Uh, on Instagram, pintsandpanels.com. We're not going to spoil all the goodies that she's going to share with us in a little bit in part two of the interview, but it's just uh, she's active and she's creating some stuff, has some new ideas and just ways to take things. Obviously, if you go to her website, you can have her commission a piece. You can also uh, pick up her books and stickers and, and prints are there. You know, support your local artists, especially uh, now more than ever. And uh, we'll have some uh, cool information about something we're working on that hopefully we'll be able to announce uh, by next week's episode of how we're going to try to help some folks uh, in the restaurant industry um, up in Maine. So let's get back into it. Part two, M. Sauter, Pints and Panels, episode 151. That is a prime number, folks. I know you're wondering, but here we go. Let's do this. Cheers. They were. It was a really like interesting place to work, mostly because I sold mostly sold cigarettes. Um, but we were really like, we kept pretty good care of like our beer. We kept most of the stuff that sold well in the cooler all the time. Um, we always had ninety minute. We had a lot of Dogfish Head. That was kind of like the big beer of that time, yeah. 2010, 2011. Like, like we would go to there was a pizza place that had like half price draft happy hour and that meant everything so we could get 90 minute pints for three dollars <laughs> and we would go and just be like sure like because we're like yeah 10 bucks a year 27 you feel like no pain yeah. yeah it was and like yeah and like the food was really good too so you get like a pizza and you get like buffalo wings and you would have like two pints in 90 minutes and it'd be like 10 bucks and you're like, we're, you know, we're graduate students. We're cartoonists. Cartoonists are like by, you know, for the most part, like not the most like flush group of people. We're artists. Mm-hmm. So that was like our every Thursday. And it, and their and their beers also rotated. So they've got some like really great, like limited edition dogfish stuff. Um, for my friend's 30th birthday, we drove to the dogfish head brewery Um in Milton, Delaware, and we got to go to the Rehoboth Beach uh, restaurant. And I remember it was like kind of like my first real like beer uh, pilgrimage. And I rem- we drove all the way down there from like Connecticut, and it was like one of the coolest places I've ever seen. And um, it was, you know, I mean, there was there's some really. Like, I lived in Vermont. We only lived 15 minutes from the Harpoon. In mm-hmm. um, I forget what in Vermont. I forget what town that. Was not Woodstock, Windsor, Windsor, Vermont. And we would go once a week and get our, a growler fill of UFO white was $7. Yeah. <laughs> and so we would drive down and get like our growler of UFO white. Cause that was my favorite, like one of my favorite beers. Um, 
I mean, that was like the best part about living in Vermont was living in a place that had like, that was like ahead of the times when it came to beer. Uh, I always felt that Connecticut was a little behind. They were definitely behind. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend. We were behind. Yeah, I was a friend, and he had—he he was like the friend who had a couple extra bucks. Like he was in—he was in our accounting major, and I remember he would get like harpoon, and we were just like, "Why would you spend all that money on that beer? Like, what are you doing?" And he'd be like, "Try yeah. this," and then we like go to fish shows, and he would buy like you know, you know. I remember one time he bought like a log, and we thought like that was the craziest thing, and he, he was like, "This is my favorite beer. Like, that's what I want to have." And then that's where it all started and I, I would drink magic hat number nine and like that was the big thing and just kind yeah. of like yeah even even yingling like i would go home to philly and i'd come back and everyone would be like can you get yingling and i'd come back with like as many cases as i could or if friends came to visit yeah. from home like we'd bring that and then you know and and so but yeah it's just kind of like i look back at the points in life and they always like the beer kind of tells like a story of where you were and who you were with and you know those experiences so i definitely like i remember the first time i got Hetty topper in the mail like i just like or Pliny the elder like a friend was in california and was like i thought you might like this and it was like we had a super having a super bowl party and so i just like that started like a tradition of every year for the super bowl we'd do like a bottle share but it'd be like kind of what we were talking about earlier like just turning people on to beers they never had like i would just say okay bring like a dish or something and we'll you know i'll, I'll supply the beer and you know we so we always like pop bottles and just like try this what do you think of this one and like, okay i've been holding this one and like that's really how it all started for us that's the best part about beer though is the community aspect of it i mean that's what when my first beer that i ever like was obsessed with was sam adams white ale and you look at these like brands that have been around for so long now and they really are so important mm-hmm. to like where craft beer. I mean, yeah, everyone's into the local movement now. That's great. I live in a town with two phenomenal local breweries, five churches in Alvarium. Um, we're very, very lucky to have them. I've um, been there. Very but good. But like, man, yeah, I mean, Alvarium, like Alvarium is like my, one of my favorite things about Alvarium is they um, like, they'll, they'll, they brew the hype stuff. You know, they, they have like King Cluster and like they, they do the peanut butter, they do the pastry stouts, they do the weird cocktail sours, not, not a thing that I'm super into, but then you, you get, you get them in the door with the like hype stuff and then you stay for their pre-prohibition style lager, <laughs> you know, like they do the classic styles. So you've got everyone in there for the hype stuff and then their flights are filled with all, like a phenomenal alt beer. Uh, I think they make the best Hefeweizen um, one of the best Hefeweizens I've ever had with Craftwork. I mean, that beer is so, so good. Um, and that's like my favorite thing about them is that they do the traditional stuff, but then they also do the experimental. They do the uh, New England like double IPAs. They do the weird sours. They do the fruited stuff. They do the pastry stuff. Get people in the door with that. Here, have you tried our like, you know, um, dark mild? <laughs> That I really like. I like how they kind of, and it's consistency. Like their beer is super consistent across the board. Mm-hmm. From what, like I, the last time I was there, we did a tour. We had a friend visiting from England and my friend and I took him on like a, a beer tour. And that was the last place we went. And he was like, this is the best brewery by far we've gone to. Um, so I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's nice that that lives. That's like seven minutes from my house. I'm jealous of that. Yeah. Um, we, I haven't been to Alvarium, but I've yeah. had a lot of their stuff and they always go to them when they're at, Fest, we've been to five churches, and you said you work at Fox Farm. I mean, that place is, I mean, folks just listening. 
if you're coming to Connecticut, that's a destination place to go. Just it's always it's always killer. I have a client that's kind of nearby there, so I always try to work either meeting him for at Eli's or going to Fox Farm for quote unquote meetings. And we both kind of like, all right, good, let's make this work. So that's been yeah. yeah that's I, been I great. Live, I've worked there for I've worked there for two years now, just like helping out, doing like whatever. I met Zach, the owner through like a mutual beer writer friend over like Memorial day weekend, two years ago. And I had um, left my job to study full time for the, like the master. So I was like really focused on studying, um, but didn't have any income coming in. And like I was drawing and whatnot, but that's, you know, not a full-time job. So I met the owner and I like wrote him a thank you note. Cause he opened some like fancy bottles for us, like walked us around and I was like, you know, you always got to be like, write a thank you note. I'm very big into that. I think my mom, you know, anytime someone does something nice, someone was like, thank you. So I wrote him a thank you note and he emailed me back and he's like, Hey, do you want a job? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Cause I was such a huge fan of their work, like their beer before. Like I think their IPAs are really like, I think Zach is incredibly talented and a phenomenal person. Like, Everyone who works at Fox Farm, like they are just good, good, good people. And they are very passionate about beer and about like each other. It's a family business. So most people are related who work there or are like, you know, it's the brother-in-law's like younger brother works. You know, it's like a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But everyone who works there is just really awesome. Like we have two new brewers that started six months ago that you know came from treehouse and dan came from, all the way from oregon from DeGard and is bringing his like spontaneous fermentation oh man so we've been using our cool ship like three times more than we were using it before yet we still have not put out a spontaneous fermented beer in the three years that fox farm's been open because they're just like we're not ready we're not ready we're not ready like it needs to be perfect which that's something that i credit to them like they are huge perfectionists when it comes to beer um and everything they do is just like so above like i'm a huge like i just i love working there so much because of their commitment to just everything i mean they were brewing you know we brew the you know double ipa sells out in a day and a half our new double ipa i didn't even get cans of our new double ipa because it sold out so fast um but then we're releasing a colch this week and i without a doubt my new favorite beer that we make like we tried it on last Saturday and Zach and the other, and Dan, the other brewer was just like, and I was there and he was like, let's get this on the schedule again, brew it again. Just Cause it takes, you know, they, and then when they do lagers, they do it, you know, by, you know, traditionally as possible. I mean, that Kolsch was two months, took two months to brew that beer. Right. That's um, the thing I don't think folks yeah, realize, I mean, right. I think that the, there's part of the reason wherever people's opinions are about IPAs is the fact that they can just be quick, quick turned relative to other, other styles and they're less forgiving than you know, the lagers and the cold style beers. But yeah, yeah, is that Bauer or Bauer? Is that the beer that they're putting out? Yeah. Bauer. Oh my God. It's like, don't sleep on Bauer. That beer is so good. <laughs> um, is like, and we only have 12 barrels of it. And I'm like, no, like I want more like, and then, yeah, we just ran out of cottage or Hellas, which was my favorite, like our cottage. And then we brewed, um, 
And then our barrel program is excellent. We have our Copestone barley wine, 13.5%. Yeah, I got a couple uh, of those. Port. Yeah. So that beer, that beer is like a treat. I drank mine um, like a week ago. We just like cracked it. We were like, we're, I'm trying right now. I don't have, I'm not one of those people that has a, like a big seller. I have some stuff down there, you know, we've gotten from our travels and whatnot. But right now, because of being at home, I'm like, no, I'm, di- I'm diving in so, like no one's business. But yeah, I, yeah. I have a, oh it's God. a corner of my basement and I call it, I jokingly call it the cellar, but it's like one of those yeah, steel, steel shelves from like Ikea yep. or somewhere. Uh, yep. and, and then people are like, oh, well, this, and they come down and just, and like literally people come over and I'm like, what do you want to try? And they're like, what, 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 what is allowed? And I'm like, no, no, this is literally the reason why I have this beer here. So like Absolutely. you come over. Yeah, beer is meant to be shared. Yeah, like I'm not a hoarder. Like, I mean, like we've, you know, I've, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know, we went crazy. Like, that's my thing. And, you know, but, like, I'm literally, people come over and I'm like, well, what do you want to try? What have you never tried before, you know? And that's probably the only reason. Yeah, like, and so this is it. killing me. This is, like, not being able to get rid of stuff. It's, like, in some of these bigger bottles, I'm like, all right. You know, yeah, I, I can't, I can't we, take the, we've yeah. Been, yeah. It's a good problem we, to have. We've been watching, um, we were, my, my husband and I are, like, diehard Red Sox fans. Like it's the baseball is a very, very big, important part of our lives. So not having baseball, um, are you here, watching the like Korean, the MLB. are you watching the Korean baseball? So we're uh, watching, yeah, so we're the watching KBO. the Korean baseball. <laughs> we're watching the KBO. We watch it every night. Um, and like last night we watched the KBO and we opened a 2011 Deschutes Abyss that I've uh, been holding on for nine years. And I, I was just like, beers. let's drink this. Mm-hmm. Oh, the 2010. It, and the thing is, that beer is nine years old. I've schlepped that beer because I used to live, after I graduated from CCS, I moved to Oregon for a year and worked in a bottle shop in Eugene, Oregon, just to like, I'm a New Englander. It's where I'm from. It's where I always want to be for the most part. But I want to like try a different part of our country's gigantic. So I moved to Oregon and, you know, dove headfirst in their beer, beer scene. So this 2011, I bought like off the shelf of the bottle shop I used to work at. Um, in Oregon and I have carried it around from like plate, you know, when I moved back to Connecticut in 2012, you know, moving in with my, you know, boyfriend now husband and moving into our house here in New Britain. Like I've always had this bottle and we finally drank it and it tasted, had a great Count Chocula thing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was phenomenal. It was so yeah. smooth, uh, like nine years, like just in like, it's on like a, old work uh shelf like next to our bike you know furnace uh like it's, it's not a great place to store beer but oh yeah i'm definitely not i definitely wouldn't all. like it wouldn't go in, it wouldn't be anything textbook like i mean it's the oh no i tried to stabilize as much no, as i could and it was yeah. like yeah you know yeah it's like right in front of the treadmill so like you're running and you're like oh if i drink this and i run this extra mile I can, <laughs> it's, it, it, like it's like it's like a cause and effect like yin and yang thing going yeah Ours are in like a dark area, mostly like it's not, it's pretty cool down there all the time. Uh, our home, this isn't uh, the home we live in currently is the home my mother-in-law grew up in. This is my husband's grandparents' home. Um, his grandmother is now in an assisted living facility. So we're the caretakers of the house. Um, and so we, we work with a lot of the things that are already in the house. So there's uh, his grandfather's old like workshop. And so I kind of organized that and put all my beer down there, but it's, now it's mostly sours, um, you know, some stuff from Cancion that we brought back from Belgium. Yeah, uh, we were there last 
Yeah. Nope, we went there from, yeah, I've got the, like, the Cantio Magnum that, like, you're allowed to buy one. Yeah, that's how um, it was with, um, we were the, with, uh, one of the three, yeah, three, three F, three Fontaine. Yeah, that was, yeah, I, I yeah. went crazy there because, like, you, they have the, the I, shipping. Yeah, no, I'm very, I bought the, I bought, oh, I didn't do the ship. I bought the home. I was with, um, do you know Max? Yeah. Finance who worked at Six Point. I was he's with a, him and our friend, the one who, yeah, he's, he's like one of my, favorite people in the whole world um yeah we met randomly he, through like a beer then, share years ago and then he and i like i was just chatting oh, with him yesterday like just like guy. that's and what i said knows, to him i yeah. said you're one of the nicest people i know and like you're such a he genuine kind-hearted person yeah yeah he's a great great guy and so he's studying for the master as well and so not being able to study like we were going to study this is like a kind of a conversation change one you should see his cellar because it's insane um but two like we were supposed to study monthly and like he has access to a lot of different um like cat like i don't like there's a big the tasting portion of the master is incredibly difficult um and then the off flavor spikes are expensive but if you work for a brewery and you have a sensory department as part of your job like you have access to like getting more of those i don't have access to those so we were going to study and his like girlfriend Mel was going to do all like the tasting panels for us. And so like now I can't see him. And so it's been, it's been like really tough to like, he came to visit Fox farm to pick up some beer. And we was just like, it's so weird to like talk to people at a distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't particularly like, it's weird. It's also like, I'm now a warehouse worker. So like I, I work in, like I put beer in your trunk. I don't serve you beer or because since we have a two pine limit, I'm not cutting people off anymore, which I kind of like. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was not my favorite part about that trip, but yeah, it made sense. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it is the owners. Like, people, we have a lot, a good, a lot of good reasons why the two pint limit exists. Oh, um, I completely get it. Mostly, be- yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally. It's, most people, uh, a lot, yeah, most people do. Some people don't. That's the like. That's the that's the hard part is when that person does not understand. Um, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere and mm-hmm. this is the owner's private property. He has two children. Uh, we are surrounded by, res- we are in a residential neighborhood that's surrounded by people with families. Like we're, you know, we have to be respectful. Oh, you're being much uh, kinder. People are kind of dicks sometimes. Yeah. And like, you just really need to realize it's like, uh, it's still beer, you know, you still beer to, at the yeah, end of the day. Like, yeah, like let's be grownups and like. I can just... sell you X amount of cans. Well, I always tell people like, I'm sorry that like we have to cut you off. You know, you want to keep drinking our beer, go to two brothers down the street. They have two permanent lines and let Nico cut you off. And believe me, he's not going to be as nice as I am right now. <laughs> um, so, and then like get a pizza and like eat some food and if they, you know, have a couple pints there. That's totally, like totally fine. But, yeah. you know, we're, I'm, I'm very like trying to keep it chill. We also don't like have really a lot of places for you to sit. So, yeah, like I said, it's a it's a great place to be, and I think it, yeah, yeah, don't let yeah, just don't. I always say, don't let your good time ruin my good chill. time, and like just go there, experience yeah. it, make a new friend. People are always friendly. Everyone, yeah. Yeah, everyone's friendly when I'm up there. You're kind of uh, you get folks who are there all the time, folks who've been there you know once or twice. You know, I'm kind of in the middle, and yeah, yeah it's, just, great. it's a great vibe. In yeah, it's summer, beautiful. It's a beautiful like place. Like exactly. Outside, and you can have your dog outside, and there's a kids' play area upstairs. It's awesome. Um, right now we've been doing really well with curbside pickup, which has been phenomenal. Yeah, I think I'm going to um, do that this weekend. It really, yeah, super easy. Like especially we with those bottles. Really, really yeah, especially easy. with the bottles you guys releasing, that's going to yeah. Be over the top. Oh, the Av- the Avalonia Red is 
the cherry raspberry one is holy crap. All right, there you it go. It is like to so seal it. good. Yeah, it's can, really, really good. We can, like, can high five from like, a difference. Avalonia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Avalonia cherry was my favorite. Yeah, I have one of those. I still have one of those left. It's very good. Yeah. That was, we were watching, um, I forget, I think we were watching, I think we watched Ant-Man. I don't know, we've been like kind of like perusing, Mar- you know, like, oh, we'll watch all the Toy Stories. Oh, well, you know, because we're at home. Like, what do you, you know, now we're watching the Korean baseball. Um we were, but we were watching Ant Man. We drank Avalonia raspberry, which was great, super raspberry forward. Then we oh, opened the yeah, Avalonia yeah, cherry, yeah. and my husband and I were both like, "Whoa!" Like that is it's my best Avalonia so far. So, and we've been doing a great thing where we've been digging back into the cellar, and 100% of the proceeds from certain cellar beers go to the Chef Fund. So for out of work uh, hospitality workers mm-hmm. uh, in Connecticut. So we've raised like few thousand dollars so far oh, just so from great. bottle sales and it's been yeah it's been really and then um the restaurant group my husband uh works for does a family meal plug them plug them let's go um, plug them yeah so it was um mill rights does a family in simsbury does a family meal uh for any out-of-work person any out-of-work like restaurant person like first come first serve we do 50 meals a week and fox farm donated uh beers last week um, so everyone could have a beer with their meal and it was classic de Mayo. Um, so I was drinking some of Laura IPA that I gotten cause we do, we pick up the mail every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been like, it's been, it's been really nice to work for a brewery that like, you know, like I, I told them about the family meal. I was like, yeah, they're doing a family meal. Like last week, Connecticut Valley, um, gave some cans. We got a, a growler of illicit brewing, which I had never had before but their red radio was really good um we got a crowler in our box one day and zach and his brother dave were like how can we get in on how can we help and that's yeah, just, just think, like a really nice thing that they do so. yeah one of the things that it's good, it's, yeah just one of the things with this all going on is that one of the positives for me is like you really see who people's like true selves are and you really are, yeah. i'm really kind of drawn to people who i thought we're good people already, and then when you're when you do stuff, when they're kind of like the thing, like how do you act when no one's looking? Like this is like people just trying to find ways to like make their world a better place. And I, I know it sounds hokey, but it really, I don't know, it's really important to me, especially as a father. Like that just really is just it really resonates a lot with me. So it's just nice to to hear that because that's how I've already kind of thought of it anyway so it's just um, I'm glad to hear that because every every experience I've had up there has been really great now who does the labels yeah. this, is, this is easy legwork for me for a future episode but who does the labels for Fox Farm the labels are done by a design firm in Brooklyn called Young Jerks alright so, uh, cool. the labels actually were just um, Josh Bernstein who's a beer writer and a friend of mine does a annual like best beer labels award for like Ceros, which is a design website, um, and Fox Farms Cabin. Oh yeah, Josh Bern- Josh Bernstein, right? Josh Bernstein, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I did the he four. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we. I helped him with like a thing a couple of years ago. That was like the first person that ever reached oh, out nice. to me as like a. Hey, you might know what you're talking about. You want to give me your opinion? And I was like, yeah, oh, no, yeah. he's he's a great guy. Yeah, he was he was the one that was actually introduced me to Zach because he had written about them for the because he writes for the New York Times. Um, and they, he usually goes up to old Saybrook with mm-hmm. his family cause he has his wife and then he has a six year old and they go to a friend's like beach house 
So yeah, if you don't follow him on Instagram, folks, like, yeah. like his adventures with his daughter yeah. are, are fucking hilarious. Yeah, Violet. That's yeah. I met first time I met his daughter. She just came up and she just shoved me. Yeah. Oh, we did an interview <laughs> we together. Ten, we had a tenuous relationship, her and I. For now, we're cool because I let her. She wanted to go swimming, and Josh was like, Josh was like, I'm not going in, and I was like, I'll go in, and I let her like. I, she dragged me in all the way where like I got really soaked like yeah. my pants were soaked and she thought that was hilarious and that was that was my in nice. now now her and I are cool um I was like yeah sure like I'll sit in my like damp shorts going home like from like up route nine but like now we're cool so, yeah 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 um, we had an we had an interview together but yeah her, she's got yeah. A, he's a great he's just a really great guy so yeah. Um, but yeah, he gave, uh, he gave the Fox farm, like the, and the labels are just so like, that's the thing that I'm like really into when it comes to beer is consistency. Like if I walk down a beer aisle or go to your brewery and I see your label and I, and I go, who did that? Like, you're not doing your job. Um, it's something that like really pisses me off in the industry is the like, cool another like high contrast like mishmash where there's nothing on the front that tells me what i'm drinking like i, I need to like that makes me sound like an old lady but no i mean but we get uh, we get different yeah, i we... love consi- i love consistency and i'm not trying to pick on any like you know there's some people who do that high contrast and invented it and they do it super super well like your other house or your tree house your tree houses is um but you know if if one brand looks like a different brand that looks like a different brand um, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, t- there's no consistency that ties in what you're trying to sell. Um, to me, that's just not a success. Whereas Fox farm labels are like unique. Like, you know, you're seeing one, you know, like, like, and it's very, like, they're very, very thought out by like the owner wants like the camp. I think it's like him, like in a like lake, like, mm-hmm. but it's like the outline. It's super simple where he's like, oh, like a was it quiet night or quiet fire is his wood burning stove in his house. Nice. Like, oh, I wanted a picture of mine. I love that wood burning stove. And so like he'll send it to them and they'll, they do it. And the labels are just like very thoughtful and like pastoral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're super, really they're, like they're, they're, they're unique. Like you said, like they're definitely, and they have, and, and they have a emotion of kind of you know, going back to a farm and kind of, you know, like yeah. they're just thoughtful and just how the, even like the look and the the texture they're trying to present. So, but we'll reach out to them. So don't steal don't steal any thunder. For, it'll be a teaser for the we'll, get, we'll get young jerks on. And we'll, yeah. So yeah, let's talk. Um, but yeah, they've done a bunch of different uh, breweries as well because we just got stuff. They mailed us a brewery in Warwick, New York. They do so they do a bunch of different labels. So yeah, they'd probably be good to have on. Yeah. So what is your um, Get nerdy with the the drawing stuff. Do you are you using an iPad? Are you drawing? It's like what do you? What's your kind of? Uh, what's the process? In? So I the process is it's it's pen and ink. Uh, so it's a if you want to go real. This is this is everything I use. So I have a although they just discontinued my sketch pad, which I'm like, and I can't go to a store to like. I'm very. I want a smooth finish. I don't want anything like plate. I want, or like with tooth, I want smoothness because I use uh, pens. I'm not using any like nib or anything like that. So I use the B paper pen sketchers, but I believe B paper has discontinued its, um, um, 
a, um, a sketchbook specifically for illustration markers and now they don't make it anymore and I'm kind of at a loss because I don't know like what to do now like I need to find it I've been using this sketch pad since I went to CCF so like 10 years oh wow uh, and they're great and they're like and they're not expensive that's like six bucks a book or eight bucks a book it's not expensive but good good quality paper really bright white uh, pencil is a um, holding one right now is a um, like Mars Stedler 2H. So a little tougher and not as soft, uh, but a good point gives me a light like um, sketch to work with. And then I use a Faber-Castell pit pen type S and just go over all the pencil stuff. I've been drawing this way since I went into CCS uh, cartoon school. And then I have a Canon Lide 120 scanner that's just like like I don't know, eight by ten ten by twelve or not very large. It holds my sketchbook. And the sketchbook I draw all my work in like 100 size. I don't scale anything up or down. So it's um, seven by nine is normally the, like the pages I work with, and then the book is eight and a half by eleven. And I'll scan that in, and then I have Photoshop for coloring and I've been doing a lot more like layering that's something I've figured out for that's I've been doing for the commissions that I've been doing uh lately is building I just did founders all day and the all day like IPA it's easier to just draw it all out because that label is incredibly involved and then kind of dump the like founders all day IPA and kind of build it um versus trying to draw it all in one and then clean it up so I had been doing that a little um but mostly i'll just that's how i work and then um yeah everything's on the macbook um and then i clean everything up digitally that's pretty much my process and it's been my process since you know i started this 10 11 been drawing since i got into ccs in 2009 so nothing's really changed um I like yeah, you, you have a theme and your theme is you're you're consistent. You you like consistency. So I that's one of your yeah, that's one of your characteristics. Yeah. yeah. I, I a lot of my classmates were switched to the iPad Pro. I have a classmate, my classmate Nomi, who's done comics for the New Yorker and like does a lot of stuff for the nib, which is a cartooning like news and like um like um like news site. Um, she's been doing, she only works in the iPad now and her stuff is like the, the gradients and the shading that you can get from the iPad now is like really, really like, um, intense. So, um, and my classmate, Max Mose, who is a really amazing artist. He does video game design, like really like unique work. He lives in Minnesota. He works on the iPad now just exclusively. And a lot of my classmates do, but I just... I like, I like, yeah, what I said, I like what I like, you know, and that's, I don't know if I could make the switch. I mean, maybe one day, um, the iPad pro is really cool. We, um, just got one at work at Fox farm and like, it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, maybe now that you're um, screwed over with the, uh, not being able to get those, you know, get what you need. That might give you, know, just, that's yeah. usually what I, that's usually what I hear folks are like, they don't plan it and we get that's a kind of a cool discussion we, we have which i never really thought of people who are really tactile and like to be able to like store their you know store it into drawers and keep kind of the physical memories of a print and moving away from that but yeah people kind of yeah, come I've and go my, uh, 
Yeah, people like the iPad a lot. I just, well, it's expensive, but. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, I mean, I was like, oh, I'll get one yeah. of those. And I was like, I will not get one of those. I no, was like, it's like yeah. a thousand. It's like 900 with the, you need the pen and whatnot. But I've seen people yeah. use it and it's just really awesome. And like in the long run, you're not, you know, there's nothing worse than when you get, like, I, I'm very lucky that my local art store is doing curbside pickup. Uh, because I ran out of, like, once you kind of mess up a tip of a Faber-Castell pit pen, and they're, like, two bucks each. They're not super, they're not expensive. But once you mess it up and it, like, kind of loses its luster, you're, like, ah. and I had, like, basically all my pens were, the, the line gets too thick because I'm, like, I push too hard sometimes. So, luckily, my local art store did curbside pickup, and I got to, like, drive in, and they, like, I called, and they, like, brought me out the little bags full of pens, and I was like, I can continue to work. Like, <laughs> it was just really, really nice. Um, I don't know what I'll do with my sketchbook being um, discontinued. I have a few left, so I should be good till the end of the year. I always buy in bulk uh, because my specific um, – the specific the specific sketch pad was only sold by certain art like larger art stores so i had to always order them online so we just order a ton of them um but it's you know it's the the pad i've been using ever since i went to ccs it's the like you know i drew my book here is for everyone like on those on those pages and it's just it's really really i'm sure i'll find a replacement it's not a big deal but not being able to go to a store and like you want to touch you want to be able to feel um, the paper because you know there's a there's there's a level of certain people like different pages and if the page is too thick or it's too smooth or it's too toothy like um, I'm going to be really really picky um, when it comes to finding a new one and I know I will it's just right it's the it's the fact that the decision the it's yeah. a great it's a great sketchbook yeah the decision, like, the decision is forced it. yeah it's one thing to make a decision to change but when it's like you have to change because someone told you to it's a whole different yeah. it's a whole different thing i'll get there it's not a big deal but it's just yeah it's a bummer but uh that's and i only draw in the mornings i don't know why i can only draw in the morning that's the kind of the way that's it's always been fact. i don't really understand why so first thing in the morning i'm at my best um so I can digital. So when I wrote my book, which is 160 like illustrated pages, uh, I would draw in the morning and then I would digitally clean it up at night. And that's how like it was like I, I can't really like do um, both. I find digitally like cleaning up work, not with the visual master cicerone because that's studying. So I can't really do any. I'm a, I'm a mess after five o'clock. Like the day is done don't tell me to do anything or like learn anything. If I'm going to clean something up, um, I can clean up and like kind of type and do that at night. But, um, so, but yeah, drawing is, yeah. Drawing is for mornings only. So it's kind of how it's been for most of my, most of my drawing career. I don't really know why. Um, but that's when I find everything's kind of, that's when everything is done. Um, and so my husband's in a little bit of a night owl, he doesn't normally wake up till later in the day, so or later in the morning, that is. So I get a couple hours to myself, have breakfast, draw, get stuff done, and then and then by like eleven or so, I always bring him the cat and a cup of coffee. Wow, how I wake him up. That's love. Morning. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. So, yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I it's just, uh, yeah, that's a. It's, I'm definitely a night owl. I'm not a morning person. And neither is my wife. So we're gonna 
we kind of works out well. We figured out the coffee grinder, it like automates, and like that's kind of like our alarm clock, and oh, it's like perfect. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. We are an iced coffee only house. Oh wow! So coffee's already made. And nice. then I usually get out of bed by 8, 8 a.m. or so. Yeah, I wake up at 7, look at my phone. Like, I'll, I put on, um, I put like new content. I usually put stuff on Instagram around like 7 or 7.30 um, for my new stuff. Website usually updates, but it populates itself, and that usually populates at 5.30 in the morning. I don't really know why. I just want it to be there when I wake up. Uh, so everything's already organized. Um, a lot of the comics that a lot of my content has already been drawn. That was my next question. How far out? Yeah, how far out do you study? Yeah, of uh, October. Wow. <laughs> For most stuff. Well, I want not the visual master cicerone. That's only co- populated until June, uh, mid June, about a month ahead. So I'm working on that. But for like beer variety or uh, yeah, beer style simple. That's done until October I, after the so the exam is supposed to be October twentieth and twenty first, the Master Cicerone exam. So I wanted to not worry about having to populate and create new content while studying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I created all of my content in about like six weeks or so because a lot of like beer style simple is is pretty easy because it's it's simple. So a lot of it's already, you kind of build it through like, okay, Irish Stout's going to have the tulip glass and you make the beer this color and then certain, you know, where, what, what malt, you just have to do the research about like what malts are in it, what hops usually are in it, uh, what yeast strains in it. And then like a little fun fact about the beer, you know, so for like Mondays with Irish Extra, which is stronger than an Irish Stout, not served on nitro. And that's essentially like, that's you know, and it's going to have a stronger coffee and chocolate flavor because a Irish extra can be about five and a half to six and a half percent alcohol. Whereas an Irish stout, it's only going to be 4%, four to four and a half. That's it. Um, so that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like the, that was part of it, but yeah, no, most of the work, LBC is almost done. My alphabet guide to comics finishes because it was you. Yeah, you, um, yeah, that yeah. finished. Yeah, you for umami was today. So once the it happens, I w- I haven't decided if I'm going to just re get, restart it and be like A is for uh, you know, I don't know like acetaldehyde. Uh, I don't know uh, and like redo it. So that's something I have to decide. I I, I kind of like it. I kind of like trying the challenge of like there is only like one X. I guess you really could. I mean, but. There's just so much in the world of beer. Like if you look at the Oxford Guide to Beer, which is like thousands of pages long. I mean, that's really where I like, and it's alphabetized. So I was looking at like, oh yeah, B is for Bright Tank. You know, like there's so many different mm-hmm. um, things that you can do with it. Um, so I may restart that. But no, my content is built almost until the after the test is over. So I didn't have to think about it. Um, except the master, like visual. So I could draw and keep doing that, but then at the same time, not have to worry about. And there's still like, what, beer style simple? That means I've only done like 50 beer styles. There In the BJCP, there's like 120 beer styles. And then you have other beer styles that the BJCP doesn't consider. You know, there's certain like Godlandric, which is like a like Swedish style, like, you know, like a, there's a Satsi, which is the Finnish version. And then, 
I don't know, there's like all these coit, like Dutch coit styles and like light ale and like we really, you know, there's some like really bizarre, like offbeat or, you know, styles that are important to certain places that we don't brew here. Um, And I could do that. So it's pretty much a go for like at least four or five years, even with new content every week. That's Um, awesome. And Beer Style Simple is definitely the most popular thing that I do. Um, people really, really enjoy um, learning about different styles and such a like, you know, they're, you break them down into your like base um, parts and it, you're like, Oh wow. Oud Bruin. I love Oud Bruins. They're so good. Like there's, you know, I could certainly add more to it. Um, But, you know, right now I'm really enjoying all the content. It was fun to create all the content. It was a real like marathon. But it's a mean, yeah, somebody who had to take, that's one of the main reasons we had to take a break for, uh, well, it was a new job, but then this everything hit, but like it was more because we just didn't have the content with like scheduling. So like that was like, yeah. th- but we would always try to be, and that's what we're trying to do for season 14 is like, we always try to be like, you know, a month and a half to two months ahead just because who knows what's going to happen. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I worked with when I did reviews, that's how I worked with it. Cause I, I created all the reviews for like six months so I could work on my book because there's always something, you know? Um, so I really like, I'm, I'm one of those people that just kind of like builds out a lot and then can rely on, oh, okay. Like I know that I, I double check everything just to make sure that everything is accurate. That's one of my greatest fears is that anything I put out, something's wrong. Um, there's a lot of misinformation in the beer world, especially when it comes to beer history, because that's a lot of hearsay and whatnot, but. Uh, I never want anything that I put out to like give someone the wrong idea um, about beer or teach them something that's inaccurate. Cause that would be really upsetting to me. So I always like prove I'll create it, kind of leave it. And I proofread it. I've definitely woken up and been like, wait a minute. Like, that's not like, let's refit, you know, reword or change something. Um, so I'm constantly working on them, even though they're done. So, but yeah, it's like, I like, it's, so much fun to do like visual beer education like everyone can kind of and like the thing about pens and panels now is that it's gotten very it's not popular but i mean like don't i mean i'm not like you know it's popular stop um, yeah yeah stop it's no i mean people like it people like it um but it's fun to see where it's more popular than others okay Um, pens and panels has a really has a decent following in chile and argentina like it's it's a lot of my followers are from South America. Um, I gave a talk about beer styles to a Zoom a private Facebook group from India because they were all on lockdown and so they couldn't leave their houses. So I talked to them about beer styles. Uh, and that was really awesome because it was 7.30 in the morning. It was 6 o'clock at night. And they were like, you don't have a beer. And I was like, I literally just woke up. And they were like, you have to have a beer with us. And so I was like, oh, fine. And so I had like a... Berliner Weiss because I was like oh this is and it was like a orange it was a mandarin orange Berliner I was like oh, this is like juice it's okay cool and so I was like drinking with them and like they were great guys they had a lot of great questions um about beer styles and like the Indian beer scene is like really new and like their challenges um it's just been like it's been fun to kind of to teach but also like see what you know what people like and I always want to make sure that like people are always learning but also, you know, being entertained, but also are retaining knowledge. That's my like 
I want, I just want to, I want to learn. I just want people to teach or to, to learn and to enjoy. That's like, I'm one of those people that like, I want everyone to have a good time. Like that's my, like, I don't want anyone to like not have a good time. That's my, like, I want everyone to learn something and enjoy what I'm doing. Um, I don't want ever to like rock the boat. That's what I want. I told someone like, that's what I want. Like on my tombstone. It's like M Sauter didn't rock the boat. I don't want, I just want to learn teach about beer. I want you, I want to, you know, learn something, enjoy some nice comics. Maybe there'll be like a little humor here and there. Um, you know, that's it. That's all yeah. I want. Well, I can say it. I learned a lot and I, I thank you. We have one more question for you. This one should be easy, but I mean, sure. who knows? Do you have, what's the, when you get up in the morning, obviously, do you have certain, is there, are you a music person? Are you an ambiance person? What's kind of like, do you have something that helps you get inspired when you're creating? What's kind of the, paint the picture for us there. Um, so I do most of my drawing on my couch. I don't sit at a desk. Um, I like, I have breakfast and coffee and then I'll, I sit on my, I sit like, kind of like where I'm sitting right now on our, we have this like really old couch that like my husband's like friends to live on. I really need a real couch. This is not an adult couch. Um, so it's kind of dead, but very comfortable. It's like one of those overstuffed, um, like shabby chic couches from the early nineties. Um, and I usually do all my work sitting there like Indian style, like on our couch with my computer, I'm a big classical music nerd. I used to play the cello. I played cello all the way from when I was 10 until I graduated from college. I played ultra college. Uh, I don't play now. I still have my cello. I'm waiting for the schools to open. I really want to donate it to the New Britain public school system. Um, I want someone to like enjoy it as much as I did. Um, and so I really want to donate it um, and give it a new life. Um, and so I'm a big like cello or piano, or classical music, usually 19th century romantic classical music. So you're kind of like your Brahms and you're like Tchaikovsky, like, like the classics. Um, and that usually is Chopin and Liszt. That's usually what I'm listening to. Um, or I'm a big Spotify person. Like I love, we have a family subscription to Spotify. Um, and I love their like New Music Monday or Release Friday um, because I know it's like an algorithm and I know it's a computer, but they really seem to get, and I have incredibly eclectic music taste. Um, like, uh, I'll put something on at work and everyone, I put on Animal Collective at work and now it's a joke because they were like, what kind of noise are we listening to? And I was like, it's Animal Collective. And everyone was like, this is trash. And I was like, no, it's Animal Collective. And they were, so now they make fun of me all the time um, for my music taste. Um, so I really enjoy what, Spotify kind of like gives me in terms of like classical or jazz or um, like weird electronic stuff. I don't know. And so that's what I usually listen to while I'm working um, is just, I can't really, wa I can watch TV. I really like documentaries. So when mm -hmm. I'm like cleaning up work, um, I just found the, like a, the, on Amazon prime has like a big stash of like American experiences from PBS. I really like, I find TV shows now, and this is me be, again, being an old woman, um, like, I feel like you really have to pay attention and I feel like it's homework. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I kind of get so, what you're like, saying. I can't really, like, I can't really, like, pay attention to, like, new shows. 
So I'm like, well, I'll just put something on in the background. Like I watched the documentary about the 1936 University of Washington crew team that beat the Nazis um, from that, that the book, The Boys in the Boat, that came out a while ago and they made a documentary about it. So I watched that and like, I also, I'm like one of those people that also really likes to learn. So like watching, like I'll, I'll rewatch Ken Burns, like hit, like Civil War, like once every like four or five years or the the baseball documentary I watched that last year rewatched that last year, um, so that's normally if I'm doing digital cleanup I'll have like that kind of show on where like I'm learning something but like I don't really need to pay full attention, um, so that and then like or RuPaul's Drag Race because that's my guilty pleasure, uh, and then my husband's like what are you watching and I'm like go away you're gonna make fun of it. <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's normally like, yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, it's just usually hanging out with music and then, or watching documentaries or uh, reality TV, which that's the only reality TV show I watch is RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> that's um, so great. Like, I, 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 I wouldn't have I guessed think, that. Yeah, I, it's definitely a guilty pleasure. Think, when you, yeah, yeah. Well, Sasha Valor, who was the winner of season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, was two years below me at the Center for Cartoon Studies. Oh, there you go. Comes so, full, uh, full circle. Yeah. Uh, I know. And that person is incredible. I only like met him very briefly because he was good friends with um, my really good friend, Mia, who's a great below me, or the like, year below me. And she's like, oh, this is Sasha. And I was like, hey, man, whatever. Like, how you doing? And he's like, hey. And then, like, now you're, like, on the cover of, like, Vogue magazine. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Our guilty pleasure for a while was, well, my wife had for different reasons, but I, I used to really like uh, watching whether it was America's top, Next Top Model because I, I used to love the idea of just like those challenges of coming up with creative ideas. And, oh, yeah. And like a, that's, limit, that's and like a limited period show, of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of show we used to, I used to watch Project Runway too, where like you just put it like you're for like, oh, I'm just going to lie on the couch all day. You put that on and like eight hours later, you're like, what happened? Where yeah, am come I? Come on, season nine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's like a tea, it's like a great time suck. Uh, same thing with like um, to study for the master. I always tell people to watch Top Chef because it's a great way to like they'll put out their food and be like, this is a you know panko crusted tuna with you know I don't know asparagus, and you pause it and you go, let's see, I would have a American Blondale with that because this and this and this. Okay, next one. So you like kind of see you get like bombarded with like all these food dishes i learned like a lot of different they're very very particular in the master about fine they won't find cuisine i botched it horribly the second time i panicked and said pot roast this is the stupidest thing i've ever, ever like they'll put a beer in front of you and they're like what would you pair with this and why and i was like oh pot roast and you're like no that's home cooking they don't want home cooking they want like mm-hmm. a restaurant yeah, somebody, like, yeah. they want like michelin star restaurant quality like thoughtful that kind of not that pot roast isn't thoughtful pot roast is delicious yeah, um, debatable. but they're very they're very yeah but they're like uh oh, i don't know pot roast is i haven't had pot roast in a really long time yeah so i was trying to really think the well. last time i was like i was like i, I can't I, was like, I can't i would i would defer yeah. i was like i can't remember the last pot roast i had um but that's like i, I panicked and said pot roast and was like that was stupid so watching top chef was good although i totally like, panicked and ruined it but um that was like a really great like show to watch just like on a like 
on in the background and be like, oh, oh, they're making like, oh, what's like, what's that? Like I learned all about, you learn a lot about like different Eastern origin, like foods you never thought of that you can kind of like throw out um, or when you have the exam or different spices or all like, I learned about like Razel Hanout like that North African spice, they seem to really like that in Top Chef. And so I was like, oh, Russell Lanute. I've never heard of that. And like you, a lot of Googling and like it was helpful for, because I'm not a chef. My husband is the one that cooks in this household. He's a phenomenal cook. Um, so uh, it was good for like, because food and beer is a huge part of the exam. So Top Chef is also, that's it. And then you get the, also like the reality TV aspect of it where you get the drama, which is always you're, you're like, oh, I don't care about that. But the, no, no, you do. You kind of you kind of get into it a little bit. You pick sides. You're like, I can't believe that so-and-so did that. Yeah. Like, I watched like four seasons of it last summer. I haven't watched it. Like, I haven't gone back to it. But I have like seven seasons or eight seasons left. Um, and I've been like meaning to. Meaning, like, my, my husband's boss was on it. Oh, that's uh, cool. Tyler Andrew, or like the guy that owns, like, he didn't make it very far, which is a shame. His food is phenomenal. He's an excellent cook. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But that's a good, that's a good like background kind of show. Well, thank you so much, Em. That's a wrap. I mean, I, you, I yeah. really, you're a great guest. I mean, I, I look forward to going to some of your talks because I could just, you know, you, you're a perfect guest. I just sit I know, back. I know. I oh, thank. I miss. I miss. I love to talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I miss doing library talks because those were usually the crowd skewed older. Um, but they'd always have like great, like they come up afterwards. They always have really great questions. They're engaged because they want to be there. They're there, you know, they, they're not dragged. They're not forced to be there. Um, and they would come up and be like, hi, on my honeymoon in like 19, like 62, I had this beer and like the sweet Alps and it, you know, changed my life. But I was like, there you go. Like everyone has a story about beer and everyone wants to talk about, everyone has a story about beer, even if they don't think they do. Um, cause beer is, beer is a great, like beer pairs really well with experience and it's closely tied to nostalgia. Uh, and I think that's why beer is incredibly successful. And so that's one of my like favorite things to do about library talks is like teach people about beer, but then afterwards I always end up staying an extra hour and I'm like, Oh my God, like, you know, yeah, let's talk about that time. Like you went to Germany or, Oh, that beer. You, oh, have you ever had, or they want to ask about like, have you ever had this beer? And I'll be like, Oh yeah. Well, if you like that, then this. So, um, it's a lot of fun. Amen. I, I, I want to do it. I want to do it again. I was, my library talks kind of all canceled obviously for me. So hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years or, or a year sooner, who knows? Yeah, well, there, to, there's anything do it again. Yeah, there's anything you're doing or promoting, you know, please just always keep us in mind. You're you're part of the crew now. Oh, and yeah, we're sure. we're happy and oh, thank you. we're hoping to yeah. we're hoping to follow in your footsteps and, and do a book at some point, but it just uh life's kinda gotten in the way. But that's one of our, our bucket list, you know, before we die at moments. So hopefully. There you have it, folks. Episode 151 is in the books. I think it's a great episode. I'm really proud of it. Really just appreciate the time and the opportunity to connect with them and learn and get up to Fox Farm and have some delicious beers. Not at Fox Farms, you know, social distance. But 
for me, you know, that's what we always try to do, especially if we can, especially, you know, we got some great episodes coming up with folks in Connecticut just trying to, you know, get get a beer that they're or a product they're a part of or, you know, if I didn't I didn't know interviewing M that she worked at Fox Farm, so that was kinda nice. It was an excuse to to take the family on a drive and just kinda get out of the house and roll down the windows and get out with nature. It's a place that I love to go to anyway. And so to get those and just come back and, you know, when we do the interviews, you know, you kind of fit, you have get get a feel for how it's going to go. And, you know, we've uh, made a, you know, aggressive choice to try to get as many of them done now while we can. And when you hang up and you say goodbye and, you know, you, you think about it, you know, it, it sticks with me for a while. And I just knew that this episode was just going to be great. I mean, it was natural. It was just, you know, insightful. And for me, as the host, I'm usually the one, you know, who's taking things and trying to, you know, ask a lot of questions and kind of, you know, have the guests speak more, you know, about themselves and about their stories. But M was a natural. You know, she could have, we literally could have had this be a two, three-hour episode, and that would be really cool. And so I know we're going to, you know, keep cheering her on and wishing her the best and looking forward to, you know, what the future brings, you know, in many ways. But it's just exciting to share that passion and kind of feel that. And, you know, when people are passionate about something, they're, you know, it just kind of, you know, it makes makes you feel more passionate about it. I want to learn more. And so, again, pintsandpanels.com, pints and panels on Instagram, daily updates through October. Whew. So I just think it's uh it's exciting. So I'm excited to see what the next chapter is. I'm excited for, you know, um some of the new folks uh at Fox Farm, you know, when uh those wild fermentations, you know, what's uh if you need anybody to to taste test over there, Zach, you know, I got a guy. And uh, I really just am excited for you know, when you meet good people you want good things to happen to them and so it's just kind of uh it's wonderful. So one of our next missions is, you know, we'll reach out to the crew who's doing the you know, design firm, who's doing the labels at, at Fox Farm. You know, we're going to lock down some more of our episodes for, for season 15, and we're just going to keep moving. But we should have an announcement in the next, I'd say, week to 10 days. You know, it depends on when you listen to this, obviously. Episode 151 is airing on May 22nd, 2020. Uh, so, obviously, if it's uh, further in the future, then the that week to 10 days is not really uh, relative or really mean anything, but uh, we'll have a cool uh, piece of merch that we're going to you know, be working on with a, an artist in Maine and uh, really excited just to help give back to, to folks who've you know brought a lot of joy to myself personally as well as uh, my family. So look for that. Much love to the crew at Fox Farm. want to also, once again, publicly thank and recognize uh, Max Finance. He is just uh, someone here in the Connecticut you know, beer scene I've been really lucky to, to meet and didn't expect you know, when we first met and I think traded beers. If I remember correctly, Max, I think the first time you and I met, we traded, I'm not even sure what it was, but we decided to meet at Cask Republic um, in New Haven. So it had to be at least, you know, we'll say like six, seven years ago, maybe a little longer. And you know, I learned that you were a veteran and we just really kind of, uh, you know, we just hit it off. You know, you've got a crazy kick-ass beard. You know, you're a big dude who's got a kind heart. And, it, you know, really, 
is something that you know should be celebrated. You're so, you know good people, and you just realize that. And um, I look forward to to having beers together in the future, and just you know wish everyone who's listening to this uh, be safe. And, you know, thank you for joining us. I hope that this episode and you know any in the archive has brought you some joy, put a smile on your face, and been a nice escape during these uncertain times. And uh, if you're looking for something to do, you know, you're bored, obviously 16OZ Canvas, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check out the website. But if you want to leave a review or a rating, you know, we will not uh, turn that down. You know, it uh, helps to get the word out. And then remember, head on over to Culture Clash Records, uh, cultureclashrecords.com. Use 16OZ, 16 ounce. Get yourself a nice little 15% discount on some great music, great vinyl. Record Store Day is happening this year, so um, you know, tell uh, Tim and the crew over there we sent you, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best. We are blessed. We appreciate you all, and we're just uh, thankful to be able to, to do what we love and uh, share with all of our friends, all right? So until next week, stay safe, wear the fucking mask, and uh, yeah, just stay safe. It's making it a little weird out there.